0: So we have time set aside now to share a little bit more about gratitude and the way Jeannie and I have organized this is I'll I'll talk for a bit and then she'll talk for a bit, sort of approaching the topic from a couple different directions that have gratitude in common. So you'll hear the themes weave through. So I want to start with a quote from um, H.A. Almas. And he says, when we are grateful, we are in touch with reality. When we are grateful, we are in touch with reality. So what, what might he be speaking? What reality are we in touch with when we are in touch with reality? a very important aspect that we're in touch with is this I- interdependence. Thich Nhat Hanh in his wonderful phrase that has been interbeing. When we're grateful we're aware that we are in this ongoing relationship with many many ultimately everything but certainly Things that we can name that are present all around us. And when we enter into this, when we acknowledge the reality of this interdependence, this relationality, it's a doorway into a relaxation of the isolation, of the separation. And ultimately many of us on one level or another what we want is a sense of belonging we want to know that we belong that we're part of this world that we're part of our communities that we are that we are loved that we are enough and all of that in the moment when we really sense and feel this interconnection, and can acknowledge that, there's a relaxation in our system. I'm sure many of you know the book by Robin Wall Kimmerer called uh, Braiding Sweetgrass. If you don't know it, I encourage you to read it. And this is something she says. We are showered every day with gifts, but they are not meant for us to keep. Their life is in their movement, the inhale and exhale of our shared breath. Our work and our joy is to pass along the gift and to trust that what we put out into the universe will always come back. At first line, we are showered every day with gifts. I love this story, a uh, friend of mine being in India and realizing and being told by a teacher that, you know, he's saying that, you know, how, will, how do I know that like I like that I can awaken that, you know, isn't that like an act of grace? Isn't that like, and the teacher looking at him and going, Grace, you are neck deep in grace. How else could you be here? All of us here are neck deep in grace, in gifts, no matter what the challenges in your life. The just the reality of having the opportunity of practice of the Dharma of a life that has allowed you to be here. The gifts are all around us. And the receiving these gifts and the gratitude of it is such a doorway to our practice. This, as we recognize that we are not in a struggle to get something, this is really important. Think about the basic, you know, Four Noble Truths of the Buddha, that, that craving for something that we don't have. That this is so much the source of our suffering, that reaching for something else. The second of the precepts that says, you know, not to steal, but not to take what has not been offered. I love that precept because what it's saying is, you already have what you need. You don't need to go off and look for something else. There's contentment right here. And what if you really took in that phrase, everything I need is already here. Everything I need is already here. And our practice gets us to come closer and closer into contact with that. You've all heard the the idea of like seeing what's there, allowing it allowing what's here, accepting what's here, coming into intimacy and lingering with the experience that we're having, transforming whatever is happening from something to have aversion to or something to just get more of to just being in full intimate contact with it. And I think you can feel how this attitude of gratitude both allows for this and grows out of it. A quote from Henry Miller that I really like. He says, I remember well the transformation which took place in me when I first began to view the world with the eyes of a painter. And you can transpose that even if you're not a painter, began to view the world with the eyes of a practitioner. The most familiar things, objects which I had gazed at all my life, now became an unending source of wonder. And with the wonder, of course, affection, a teapot, an old hammer, a chipped cup, whatever came to hand, I looked upon it as if I had never seen it before. To paint or practice is to love again, to live again, to see again. I believe it's Prowse, too, has a quote that, you know, the the essence is not to look for new things. It's to see with new eyes. And this practice and the intention of being available to receive what's here is an opportunity to see with new eyes. Let yourself just take that in for a minute and just look around your space. Maybe the space itself could be included, but just look around and notice what's here. And what if you linger on something and let yourself take in your appreciation of it? You could take in the appreciation that maybe it has a history. You could take in the appreciation that somebody somehow it got put together or made or created the incredible effort of people. Perhaps if it has some wood in it, that uh, or some other plant element that the forest that the it grew. that this item or item came across your path and happened, maybe it's useful to you and it's here, or you just take the light and it's visual nature. It's so easy for us to shortcut, you know, what if you wandered around with those eyes all day? might not get anything done you'd be so busy just appreciating the things in your world wouldn't be the worst thing that ever happened and this is sort of the simple everyday gratitude that is all around us and there's another kind of more profound version that I want to name because we've all had this experience. And I, I had this experience when I used to, um, I mean, I still have it all the time, but I got to see it a lot when I used to be a climbing guide and I would take people climbing and I would take them. This is the joy of when you take somebody, you know, or that you've met to someplace you love and you get to show it to them. Right. And I would take people, teach people climbing as a guide, and I would take them up the Grand Teton, this big mountain in Wyoming. And we'd often climb uh, because of weather and other people, you'd often start out in the dark, three in the morning, and start climbing. And very common to be on top of the mountain at uh, sunrise and to watch, be able to watch the shadow. Of the earth and the over in distant Idaho, as the sun would come up, and you'd get to see the shadow of the earth moving across as it got higher and higher. And then eventually seeing the shadow of this big mountain range and the color and being up high. And people regularly would just be in this state of awe. And what is awe except for profound, full-bodied experience of gratitude? And sometimes we purposefully put ourselves into a place or a situation to have that full-bodied experience of awe. But it doesn't have to be... So dramatic. There's this wonderful uh, photographer, Louis Schratzberg, who talks about who has been doing these beautiful uh, photo, time-lapse photography of like flowers opening and stuff. And he has this wonderful thing. He says that phrase, "Oh my God," and he says when you break down that "Oh my God," "Oh" is this attention. That you're bringing like, oh, I'm really here right now. So in some ways, the oh is the first step in our practice, right? That's the part where we like show up and we work hard at this, right? We spend a lot of time learning how to show up because it's not so easy, especially if the the awe isn't like enormous, but to show up for what's here, for someone for just stepping outside your door, for the, for the fresh air, for the sounds as Jeannie was pointing to or a smell or a taste to show up for your lunch or your dinner. Oh, and the my there isn't an isolation of mine. It's, it's that whatever is happening is resonating in you. You're, the recognition that you can feel this in your body. Oh this is here and I can feel it. Oh my. It's right here. It's alive. I I'm, I'm present with this. I'm receiving this in this moment. And the God, oh my god. Even if you it doesn't this isn't about believing in God, nothing like that. This is just a phrase that's for some of us. Comes out on us in those words or some other one. But the God is the sense of connection, the aliveness, the, that, oh my God, we're in this together, the gratitude coming up and going, thank you, thank you. What a blessing in this moment to receive this. That's good. And this is something he said, says, says, this day is a gift. It is the only gift we have. And the only response is gratitude. If you do nothing but cultivate that response, respond as if it is the first day and the last day, and you will spend it well. Open your eyes and be surprised that you can open them. Really beautiful. And when you think more about this quality, this openness, there's something else, aspect to it that's really worth naming, which is, and this came out a little bit in the quote I read this morning about devotion, which is an attitude of surrender. You know, when we do a bowing practice, we're doing a practice of surrender. Just even at the end of a sit, it's often, you know, people who are new, many of you have been around a while, but they're like, what's this at the end of a, of a period of practice. And if you're not, it's a reasonable question. You should have asked it sooner, you know, why this, why this? And it's like, what is it to acknowledge at the end of a sit a kind of like, wow, thank you. That I had this opportunity to sit here that I had the courage to sit through that sit I just sat through. You know, like, uh, thank you for this. Even whether it was hard or easy is irrelevant to mark that. So can you feel it's like this allowing and the accepting of our practice, appreciating it, moving into this kind of, a kind of surrender that has a quality of gratitude in it. Meister Eckhart says, if the only prayer you ever said was thank you, that would suffice. That really takes practice down to its simplicity. If you just say thank you. And I think there's some real truth in that, that if you just went around in your life with the the thank you right there on the edge of your lips, ready to fall out again and again. What a different relationship that would be. I was telling some of you recently that a number of years ago I had a emergency surgery. And some of you have heard this before, but it was a very profound experience for me. So it it's one that um, continues to resonate and have meaning for me is uh, waking up early one morning with really bad extreme pain in my belly and ending up in the hospital emergency room, sort of a long story. The pain was very intense. And I, the, thing that was so meaningful to me was that the pain was super intense. It, this was not a pleasant experience Very And it was, um, very difficult and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. So they couldn't, they were having a hard time s- solving it. They couldn't give me food or water because they thought I might need to go into surgery. They didn't want to give me pain medication because they didn't know what was happening next, I don't know, I have no idea what was happening in hospital schedules, because, but there were long delays between getting into scanning machines and stuff like that. And I sort of registered all this because I was told it, but throughout it all, my main experience was of so much gratitude and so much appreciation that there was a hospital that there were people there trying to solve it, that I wasn't um, someplace where none of this was available. And after that, I was not in a position, there was nothing I could do, which actually really simplified things. I wasn't even present or um, sort of, able-bodied enough to even have an opinion about what was going on. And so there was nothing left to do except be grateful and to feel uh, the love and compassion that was all around me. And I relay the story because it gave me so much confidence in mine and our ability to bring um, gratitude and uh, heartfulness to situations that have nothing to do with being comfortable or pleasant or even okay. That we can do this. I'm not sure I'm ready yet for the um, the stories of the Chinese, the Tibetan monks that are tortured by the Chinese and that they maintain their compassion through all the way through that. But it inspires me because it shows our incredible ability to stay tuned to the goodness and to the beauty and the benign nature of reality, even when the difficulties of samsara are thick in the midst of it. And we need this trust in this day and age. We need to know that and to be able to continue to keep having this openness and gratitude and to recognize that, you know this is here because as i keep saying we're in interconnection with everything that we are not separate i was not separate from the hospital staff i am not something other we're in it together i spend a lot of time outside and the elements help me remember that the water and the sun and the earth and my body One of the things I love reminding myself when we, when I go backpacking. So it's like, Oh yeah. You know, it's love to have sort of the Western image of the rugged individualist out backpacking or something. There's nothing further from the truth. The only reason I can go backpacking with the way my back is and stuff is because I'm carrying all this unbelievably light stuff, on my back that um, huge numbers of people have put lots of time and effort and energy into creating and to figuring out how it works and how a backpack fits. And so I feel like I go backpacking and I just have all this appreciation and gratitude for all the people that have made it possible for me to be out backpacking. I am even in that place. It's like the world is with us as we do it. I think I'll end here with, um, well, I want to, I'll say this, and then we'll see, I might add something. This is from Joanna Macy. She has a lovely quote called, Come from Gratitude. She says, To be alive in this beautiful self-organizing universe, to participate in the dance of life with senses, to perceive it, lungs that breathe it, organs that draw nourishment from it, is a wonder beyond words. Gratitude for the gift of life is the primary wellspring of all religions, the hallmark of the mystic and the source of all true art. Furthermore, It is a privilege to be alive in this time when we can choose to take part in the self-healing of our world. It's through the gratitude that we actually have the opportunity to care for the world and to step into it. That's, That's one of the gifts. I think that's enough. I'm going to end there and pass it over to
1: Jeannie. Oh, Susie and friends, I'm really resting in in your words, Susie. Mm, Thank you so much. I'm loving generosity as a way of belonging. And I feel grateful for just hearing that understanding. And I'm wondering if there's anyone else who feels a little gratitude at hearing that or at anything from today. Well, for those who are able to kind of find a word that describes that gratitude, And there'll be a lot of flavors, and I invite you to put, put a flavor of gratitude in the chat. And as you put it in there, and then as you allow our friends to put their word in, let yourself abide in that feeling or hang out there. Feel it in your body, your mind, and your heart. And I'll just give folks just another moment or two. No rush, no rush. For those of us who are finished or not putting the word in, I, it's okay to not. But Just let yourself just rest in that feeling, in that sensation as an anchor. No need to grab it tight. Just let yourself rest there. And I'm going to read these words and let them land into your gratitude and hear it as Uh, hear this this gratitude poem in a way as a a description of our collective gratitude as the many flavors of our grateful heart and let it expand your own heart expand your own sense of gratitude and so these are some flavors of of our grateful heart full a full heart intimate big heart buoyant warm in my heart rest connected warmth love buoyed buoyed hopeful contentment Comforting, deep appreciation, love, loving, compassion, gentle ease, joy, peace, melting, expansion, warmth, restful, allowing, coming home, spaciousness, overflowing, beauty, and comforting. Thank you so much, friends, for that time of expanding gratitude together and noticing it and anchoring it and hanging out there for a while and sensing our collective heart. And as we sense into those qualities, and we did that for, gosh, I don't know, 30, 40 seconds together, maybe longer, we could say that we were abiding together in Gratitude. And this skill is one of the skills I want to emphasize in what I offer today, that we have this capacity to abide in gratitude. And that we can actually now, we can call gratitude up in a way, and then feel it in the body, heart and mind and when the mind moves away from it we just come back to that anchor of what it feels like in the body all these beautiful flavors and we hang out there again we remind ourselves again of it so we could remember Susie's talk and remember the flavors of gratitude that we shared and be here again together so the skill of abiding We can do even, we can call it up and and hang out there. And this is one of the skills that's helpful when things are difficult, and that's what I want to talk about today a little bit, how we can turn to gratitude even in the midst of difficulty. And this skill of abiding was, I was invited into it about, well, January 22nd to be exact. When our beloved, when our beloved, beloved Thich Nhat Hanh made his continuation, had his continuation experience, what he would call his continuation experience. Was anyone here touched by Thich Nhat Hanh's teaching? Yeah. Yeah. And I know if I asked you, you could tell me how. What I, he, he was a heart teacher for me. He was the first teacher I took my precepts with. In fact, Emer, who's on the call, and I were in Colorado together sitting with Sivnat Han when I took my precepts with him. And so he's definitely a heart teacher for me. And so when he died, I was very sad. And I tuned in to the Plum Village website, uh, his monastery in France, and this is what they said. Now is a moment. To come back to our mindful breathing. (laughs) I feel a little teary. Oh gosh. To our mindful breathing and walking. To generate the energy of peace, compassion, and gratitude to offer our beloved teacher. And I listened to one of the Venerables at Deer Park who were conducting a memorial service for Thai, Thich Nhat Hanh, and he said the same thing. He said, call up the qualities. Well, first of all, he said, even though we've been anticipating this transition of our teacher for a long time, it's still painful. And then he said, please recall what it is that you loved about Tai. What qualities he gave you. And feel your gratitude for that. And then offer this gratitude to Tai for his continued journey. And friends, this gave me something so important in the midst of grieving. It gave me a way to meet grief that I hadn't really known before. Yes, the pain is there, and so are the other qualities that we can be grateful for. And I remember when my mom died, I didn't have this teaching. I thought at that time that good practice was staying with the difficult. And so when I was in the sorrow, I thought I was doing good processing. I thought I was doing good practice. And when my mind would move somewhere else and there would be a different experience, I would bring my mind back to the sorrow. I did that for a year. Bring it back, bring it back. I didn't realize that there's other things going on that are also present. And it's okay and important to pay attention to them. And so with Thich Hans' continuation passing, I've been able to place my mind in the qualities that I've been grateful for from him and the gratitude. And this has very, been very sustaining, friends. And a way of offering also back to him so it gives me something important to do to support him on his continued journey. This has been very important for me. My experience of this, and now my experience of remembering my mom, is much different. It's a very visceral shift. I can feel my mind going with my mom down the sorrow path. And then I actually take the little cart (laughs) and I turn it over to what I loved about her. (laughs) and what I'm grateful for and then guess where I am abiding friends I'm abiding in love this was my mom whenever something touched her heart she would tear up Susie and I share the same thing. <laughs> this is my mom right here. Friends, I'm abiding in love. This is so different. Love and gratitude. And so that for me is the, the how we can use gratitude in difficult times. And I want to talk a little bit now about where we can find it in difficult times. And the Buddha talked about teachings talked about well, many places to find happiness and gratitude, but in one particular sutta, the Niramisa Sutta, they talk about two major categories of joy, and we could say that gratitude is a kind of joy, a joy for our own good fortune, gratitude, a kind of a flavor of joy, and so this sutta talks about worldly joy and gratitude, and unworldly joy and gratitude and worldly joy and gratitude are the senses, the joy we can have from the sunlight. I'm seeing the sunlight and some of the squares here. Uh, the joy we have from nature I'm, the gratitude we have for nature. I'm seeing nature uh, behind Lewis. the 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 gratitude we have for a beautiful meal for uh for the for the sangha, these beautiful worldly joys and gratitudes. And we can um, find, um, we can find a nourishment there. And the other place of nourishment, of joy and gratitude in, in this sutta are called unworldly joys and gratitudes. And what this is pointing to is joy and gratitude that is not dependent on external conditions, on external senses. These are joys and gratitudes that we can cultivate internally and we can understand these as more reliable. They still come and go, but they're more reliable because we can turn to them internally and cultivate them. One of the Gratitudes or joys, unworldly uh, gratitudes or joys is the joy of calmness and concentration. Did anybody feel any calmness or concentration today? Calmness, a little bit in the in the meditation, that can be understood as an unworldly joy. We can cultivate the conditions internally for that. And. Does anybody ever have, find uh, I have a I have a quote here from Venerable Nalio about this. Does anybody ever find that you might have a meditation that's a little bit challenging if the mind is really busy? Nobody ever has that. <laughs> this could be challenging situation, and so here's Venerable Nalio uh, talking about where to look for gratitude or I call it quiet joy or unworldly joy in that kind of situation. He says in the case of restlessness and worry or a, uh, a mind that has, um, is scattered or a mind that is sluggish or distress in the body, he said anything that calms the mind will be helpful. A useful tool is attention to the joy of being in the present moment in particular with emphasis on resting and whole body awareness relaxing into this joy will allow the body mind to become quiet and tranquil and he says as well he says that when we notice any kind of agitation in the mind we can also just note the pleasant any any place in the system which has any kind of quiet or calming, and this can help this unworldly calm to be cultivated. And I had an, uh, an example of this: one of my students in in a class at the beginning of the class. She hated going to the dentist. Now, there's probably dentists in our group, so I wanna, wanna, don't want to want to say anything about you know. I deeply appreciate the dentist, but she said she had some anxiety when she went to the dentist. But by session three or four, she said to me, she brought to class, she said in class, listen, i got to tell you, friends, the dentist isn't so bad. She said, I was in that dentist chair and I was feeling calm. And so this is a quality that's not dependent on external conditions. And there are others in the teachings that are like this, uh, the Brahmabiharas we can say are internally, can be internally cultivated, not dependent on external conditions. And uh, kindness is always a choice, always available. Kindness to ourselves if we're having a challenge. Compassion, the second Brahmavihara, always available. As Susie said, there are some deep challenges that, that I wouldn't want to face, but I know that I can turn to compassion. For myself, for others in difficulty. Equanimity can be internally cultivated, and then the other Brahma Vihara is joy. And we can say that gratitude is part of the joy family. Other internal qualities that we can sense into the Paramis, 10 qualities that we can cultivate internally generosity, ethical behavior, renunciation, wisdom energy patience patience truthfulness resolve kindness and equanimity are also two of the paramis these are internal qualities we can develop and then we can feel gratitude for them so actually gratitude has two ways we can feel integrate gratitude directly for gratitude as in the brahmavihara or in all of these other wholesome qualities gratitude i feel like is like a shadow in a good way. We have a wholesome quality. We can enjoy it, but then we can enjoy being grateful for it. It's a double bonus. It's like a rock. We pick up a rock or our foot. We pick up our foot. There's always a shadow there. That's gratitude. It's always there. I often drop the question in, is there any quiet gratitude here right now? And I I did that the other day, or actually as I was preparing this talk, I just asked that question, and you know what? They came pouring in. And there's going to be worldly and unworldly gratitudes here. I was grateful for the Dharma, the Sangha, the capacity of my own heart, resting in this breath, friends, family, this home, the water that comes out of the tap the qualities of my beloveds that they bequeathed me, the memories of them that can sustain my heart, the capacity to remember goodness, the opportunity of this day, the opportunity of this day to love, to take my neighbor some cookies, the here and now of the weight of this body on the chair, the teachings on death that bring me more alive, the dory of simplicity, the bananas and yogurt waiting to be made into a smoothie for breakfast. (laughs) <laughs> friends, friends, gratitude is everywhere. And I was in a difficult time once, I was in the back alley. I, I was in a difficult time and I went into the back alley. And I was so upset, I was walking up and down and I said, is there any quiet gratitude here, quiet joy? And the sun was on my face. And I noticed, all oh, the sun's on my face. And then that helped me calm and sigh. And then I could go back and deal with my challenge. And so just asking that question, where is the quiet joy, quiet gratitude now, can tune us in. And in the back alley, I had kind of a worldly joy and an unworldly joy of gratitude. And so, friends, I'm going to close with a couple of poems that, of course, poetry can describe this sometimes so much, so beautifully. And I'm going to read two poems from one of our beloved poets, a good friend of Susie's, personal friend, Rosemary Watola Tromer, and a good friend of our sanghas. Many of us have sat with her in poetry, teach at retreats, and... You know she's a good friend of ours because she teaches us so much and you know Rosemary for those who may not know she's been she's been open about some sorrow that she's had the last many months her son took his life last summer she took many months off she writes a daily poetry uh, blog she took many months off and then she began sharing her journey, and she's been such a teacher. So I'm going to read a poem from her about gratitude in the midst of challenge. This is called Apricity, which means warmth of the winter sun. Today, the miracle is to sit in the sunlit room and be in the sunlit room. To be here and only here. Here in the bountiful silence. Here in the shifting shadows. Here in the hands of midwinter. Not in this same room five years ago, but now as the tulips drop the soft curls of their petals like lingering pink praise. So seldom in these grief-ridden days do I feel a feeling so pure as this peace that arrives on the low-angled light when I am quiet and still, and the world invites me to show up for whatever slim warmth there is, and know it is enough. Friends, I'm going to share one more poem from Rosemary and this speaks about the the intentional turning towards this, this reality of, of, of gratefulness and joy in the midst of things. This is called impossible change. Hmm. Body that held the bloom of the child as it grew inside. Grew from one, one cell to two trillion cells. Body that stretched and leaked and ached and tore. Body that was on board for a miracle, thank you. Thank you for stooping, for chasing, for bending and cuddling. For creating milk and spilling tears and falling asleep as you must. How empty the arms now. How slow the pulse, how tight the throat, how strong this urge to curl into what is not here. How hard it is to open, to meet the world anew. And yet every day, you turn to what is real, and how is it possible, the heart, it blossoms. And so, friends, our our capacity to turn in the midst of things, to turn to what is real and let the heart blossom in the midst, begins with our practice here in this moment, in this sit, in this body. Sensing for a moment what is here now. What subtle gratitudes are here now for you? What's here for you in the heart? In gratitude. Gratitude for the Sangha. For the Dharma. The body, the breath. For the capacity. For compassion. You find one one place of gratitude now and hold it. Let's offer it again to the Sangha. What are you grateful for in the midst of this moment? If you have a word to offer in the chat go ahead and if not just rest in the sangha just rest in feeling of connection and care right here in the midst of things i'm going to read these words and let them land in your grateful heart and let it let them connect your heart to the great heart of gratitude that we all are a part of Grateful in this moment for open heart, open heartedness, for the breath, for a sense of belonging, for opportunity, for tears, sadness, and joy, for serenity, for breath, for Jeannie, for Susie, for gentleness for wonder, children, rosemary, practice, for family, for the ability to communicate, for comfort, calmness, openness, enoughness, gratitude, gratitude for feeling humbled, for connection. And for warm air. So friends, thank you.